umgoblue.com by fans for fans since 1999 hello welcome to this edition of the umgoblue.com podcast this is phil callahan along with andy anderson and today we have the good experience to talk about another michigan victory by a score of 28 to 10 over the purdue boilermakers well andy what did you think about that one well you have to add it to the defense they played one heck of a uh, uh, second half. I think that uh, that Purdue got one first down in that second half. Uh, they held them to no points. It was just a great performance, and it was a great performance as a unit. Guys like Bush and Hudson, and, and even the defensive backfield did pretty good. So. The, the defense, in my opinion, grades out to be an A or a minus. But I'm sorry, I can't say the same thing about the offense, especially the offensive line. They were offensive at times. They didn't know all their assignments. The backs didn't block like they should. And the set of running backs, we I was really glad for Chris Evans to see him get that 49-yard TD and the 10-yard run for a TD to see him come on because he's been a good man out there and I'm, and he showed his skill, got a chance to. I wonder if Isaac was a little bit still dinged because he didn't seem to play too much. Uh, Karan, I, I wanted to see him have better luck, do better than, than happened for him that day. But all in all, uh, that defense just wore those people down and broke their will. And uh, as the other side lost its poise in the second half, you had them uh, targeting people and drawing big penalties, which were of great help. And they did that because they just felt overpowered. And man, it must have been better playing all that heat. Well, it must, well it must have been really bad for Purdue because... They decided to wear their pretty black uniforms on one of the hottest, one of the hottest uh, game days that I can remember. Um, you know, they, they had their black uniforms on for their, uh, you know, w- which they picked. And uh, again, they had the unfortunate timing to have one of the hottest days that I can remember. You know, definitely, you know, thinking back, it reminded me back to the Michigan Virginia game in 1995, where it was just blistering. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing that happened in that game, um, you know, again, we saw the defense be dominant again, but the absolute biggest thing was the change at quarterback um, with Spate going out and uh, John O'Corn coming in and uh, definitely showing us some things that we hadn't seen on the offensive side of the ball too often this year, so that was nice to see. Um, you know, one of the big things I noticed is that for the first three games of the year, Michigan was almost perfectly balanced on, on offense between running and passing. And yesterday, um, you know, they blew it out. They, they only ran for 139, they only rushed for 139 yards, and they um, passed for 284. So it's interesting that a game where you had a backup come in, um, you know, he really shouldered the, the weight of the offense. So. Andy, what did you think about uh, Spate versus uh, what we saw from John O'Corn? Well, 
I think that uh, for this particular game, Spade's skill set exactly fit what was needed. And and uh, our uh, O'Corn's skill set uh, fit exactly what was needed and Spade's didn't. I think that if you get in a heavy rush and your offensive line is not providing proper protection, the backs aren't helping that much in the protection, that Spade is more evasive. He can avoid, move out of the pocket. He's got a skill set that can control on the run a little bit, and he can play a, play a short game better than Walton can. Now, there's going to be... Uh, I don't want. I hope nobody crashes Wilton and forgets what he has done for Michigan in the years that he's been quarterback. He's had some very good games, provided some very good wins, and all of that. And it may be that you need him again this year. In fact, nobody is sure that he's not going to be the starter again when he comes back from this injury. So. It just, it was a happy circumstance. It just worked out perfectly for the University of Michigan football team. Because O'Corn provided the spark that they weren't getting from, from state. Well, you touched on, I think, the biggest thing is that, you know, the offensive line is still um, porous. And, uh, you know, not only is the offensive line shaky, but... Uh, the 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 blocking provided, the pass protection provided by the running backs is still uh, hit or miss. You know, I'm wondering the same thing if uh, if Ty Isaac was a little dinged up. Um, you know, he left the game late last year or late last week, and you wondered if if that was one of the reasons. Now, it was definitely nice to see Chris Evans find his groove because that's the first time this year. You know, and and he looked really good last season, so. It's good to see him kind of get back. Um, you know, so it's weird because on one hand, I mean, the defense is doing exactly what it does. I mean, it, it, it is as advertised. It is better than advertised. Um, you know, I, I rewatched the game, and it's amazing the different fronts. You know, I, it's funny because on one hand, there's only so many things you can do with 11 guys on the football field. And you would think that, um, you know, Michigan's defense, uh, that, that they would find ways to counter it. Now, I will say that you definitely saw, um, you know, in, in past games, you saw Cincinnati try to throw screens. You saw Air Force try to, um, you know, take them out of their, their blitzing attack. Um, now, Purdue did better than most, and I give them credit because, you know, their, their trick plays and their gadgets and their screen plays are exactly how you're supposed to counter what Michigan does on defense. But Michigan is just all over the place. And, and I think that um, Michigan is in the happy place on defense right now. You know, and you've heard me say this, there are three ways to, to you know, to win. Um, you out-talent, you out-technique, or you out-luck. Right now, Michigan is, is out-techniquing their opponents, and they're out talented. I mean, these guys are flying all over the field. And, uh, you know, and I'll repeat, I mean, all preseason I was saying, well, I don't know how you can expect this defense to be better than last year's. 
considering the guys that you that you lost, um, and and it, it appears they just reloaded. I mean, they they're flying all over the place. Um, Devin Bush looks amazing. Um, yeah, everybody just looks great right now. Not only reloaded, they reloaded with a larger caliber because this is a better defense than they had last year, I think. So, I mean, that bodes well heading into the rest of the Big Ten season. Now, what doesn't bode well is, once again, it, it was well into the second half before the offense caught gear. Um, and again, we have a legitimate quarterback controversy right now because um, whatever injury that Spade has, um, you know, they have two weeks before the next game, and whatever injury he has, <clears throat> the question has to be, you know, does he get a starting spot back? Um, you know, how is Harbaugh going to manage that? Because um, that's going to be interesting to watch. And it's going to be interesting to see how even he approaches it even in the press conferences because, you know, we have two weeks of, of nothing to talk about except his least favorite subject, the depth chart. And, you know, he, and then his next least favorite topic, injuries. So, and what else do you talk about? I mean, again, you have your, your, your signal caller dinged up. You have O'Corn come in. Now, you have to give... You know, it was really a feel-good moment for O'Corn. Uh, on the opposing sideline was was the coach who who benched him at his last stop. So wasn't that great? It has to be grat- it has to be gratifying for him to be able to come in and um, again, you don't know how much more he's going to play, but he came in, he played well, and you know, the first thing I thought is, you know, all these guys want to go, you know, the, the high skill guys. You know, one of the reasons you come here as a quarterback is you want to uh, polish your game and hope to get a shot at the next level. And what I thought watching that game is that that if John O'Corn fails to play one more down this season, he has a really nice highlight tape for the scouts to see. Um, you know, when it comes time to to try to you know go into the draft, the NFL draft. Corn himself seemed to have a pretty good attitude along those lines. He said, if this is the last chance I get this year, I'll still be happy because uh, this was a very gratifying event for me, that kind of thing. So, but it's going to be, he was the man of the hour. He was the right player in the right place for the set of circumstances that occurred on Saturday against Purdue. He was a perfect answer to it. Now, he's not going to be a perfect answer all the time. I've yet to see him. You ever see him throw a long ball downfield and connect on it? Oh, I've seen him throw plenty. I didn't see him hit any. Um, yeah, well, that's, I'm in the same seat. But but you know what? That's also part of I mean, him and Spade are in the same you know boat as far as you know, you've got to have better protection. So the the thing that impressed me, why, and again, rewatching the game, was that the Michigan tight end, the Michigan tight end game really came alive. Okay. Um, and, yeah, what's it, where's it been, Phil? Well, and, and that, but they, you know that's the point. And again, I mean, I think that you know the debate's going to rage for the next two weeks, and you know I don't expect Harbaugh to address it, but you know, is the play calling a function a function of what your quarterback can do, or is your play calling a function of the quarterback and the offensive line, or 
is it a function of the defense you're matching up against? Because yesterday, um, you know, the Michigan offense that we had seen, you know, last year kind of reappeared. You know, you saw the, uh, uh, you know, the tight end slashing over the middle. You saw him releasing. And um, so, again, is that is that O'Corn checking off and, and going to those plays, or are those different plays? And, and, again, you know, it's kind of a, you know, like you said, you don't want to throw Spade under the bus because the offensive line has been, you know, you know pretty poor. That's but on, right. But on one hand... Uh, you know, it seemed like O'Corn was making different choices and throwing different passes. So it, it, it appears to me that O'Corn checks down a heck of a lot quicker than Wilton does. He seems to run through its progressions better than Wilton. He gets the ball out of there pretty fast sometimes. Yeah, but and but we got to remember he's only the man of the hour. And things may change, and and Wilton State might be the best answer at some time in this coming season. You know, you never know. We don't want to well, throw him under the no, ball. No, no, and again, and again, but and then we don't know how much did the absence of Tariq Black affect the play calling, because yeah. you know one of the things I thought was that it seemed to me watching previous tapes of Spate that one of that one of his first options was always long. Okay, and if he would kind of check long and then come back in, like you said, O'Corn pretty much checked down to the medium to, to short pass right away. And, you bet. And, and again, was that him recognizing that his offensive line wasn't that great and just not trying for the home run? Um, you know, I, I think you know in, in the limited th- you know amount we've seen both of them play, I think Spade has the bigger arm. So is Spade? Oh, is Spate trying to hit the home run, and then and then you know checking back, um, and with O'Corn not having that ability, or maybe that not being in the game plan because Tariq Black was out, um, you know. And again, I, I you know really I'm not impressed. I haven't been impressed with Takoa Crawford yet this year, um, you know. And, and he gets a lot of attention with that number one jersey. Um, well, he's injured now. Yeah, so that's the thing. You really have a point of when you look at you know the, the the weapons on offense. It really is the tight ends, and there's a really big opportunity for somebody to emerge at wide receiver that I don't think has happened yet. So um, you know I, I think that you definitely have some issues on the offense, and you know Kakoa is hurt. We don't know how badly. We don't know when he'll be back. You got to believe that that. You know, having the two-week break before Michigan State um, is going to, everybody's going to do their best to, to get back on the field for that one. Um, and, and again, it was nice, you know, you mentioned that John O'Corn had a great attitude. You, you know, I, I was watching the game, and, and you have to wonder what is going on in his head to get thrown in so early in the game. Um, you know, and you go from, you know, the proverbial holding the the clipboard or, or signaling in plays to, to be in the guy. So, you know, kudos to him. Kudos to how Harbaugh prepared him. Um, kudos to the team for not freaking out. You know, they, they didn't miss a beat. The defense, um, you know, is, is defense, you know, is as good as before. You know, my question is, okay, so 
we're going to assume that we still have a field goal kicker, even though we, we didn't have a lot of opportunities yesterday. Um, we're really not seeing anything on the return game on punts. So we went from it being, you know, bad two games ago to being really good last, you know, two a week ago to, well, you're catching the ball. Um, so, so that's one area that, that, I, that I question. Um, you know, I, I'm not exactly sold on Donovan Peoples-Jones yet. Um, you know, we'll have to see how he goes. Uh, I'm surprised. Yeah, how are you not sold on it? Um, well, again, because remember, we had that really tough game a couple weeks back where he wasn't yeah, catching okay. the ball. So I want to see, I mean, again, it's great to catch the ball. I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more consistency. Um, and, again, I, I think the good thing that you can say about this defense is that you're going to get a lot of chance to return punts um, because uh, I, I don't see, you know, the, well, again, Andy, we're, we're so deep on defense right now. And, you know, you almost you don't want to say that because you're, you're tempting fate. But, but again, they're just they're rolling, you know, two lines deep right now on defense. Um, it, it's really kind of amazing to see. And you know, it's funny because, you know, I've had a lot of questions, people asking me, well, is Rashawn Gary not living up to the hype, not living up to his potential? And you yeah, know what? I'm, I'm hearing that same that same kind of stuff, and. Um I wonder about it. Go ahead. I'm sorry to... Well, no, you know, what I look at is I went back and I watched the tape, and what you have is you have everybody, everybody has risen their game more. I mean, listen, I knew Chase Winovich was a good player. He looks amazing right now. I th- yes, you he know, does. I thought Devin Bush was serviceable. He looks amazing. You know, I thought Khalid Hudson was going to be the big, you know, breakout player in defense. And what you have is that everybody is getting a turn, okay? So, yeah. I, so again, when everybody's overperforming, one guy doesn't stand out as much, you know, and, and I think it's, it's kind of like there's only, you know, they always say on offense there's only one ball, right? Well, on defense there's only, you know, there's only one play. Guys are getting to the, are getting to the play, they're delivering the hits. So my point is I was watching Rashawn Gary, and there were times he was getting double teamed, he was blowing through two guys and, and forcing pressure, and somebody else was making the tackle. So uh, I, I have a comment about about that. I've been reading in a couple different places uh, over the net where people are criticizing Gary. Said they went back and looked at the whole at every play, and that Rashawn was not was not double teamed. Well, that's not true. He is double teamed, and he's playing well. They are also want to rain on his parade by saying that he takes plays off, and I don't believe that either. One thing is, he's out there, people aren't running at him too much, and if he were a nose, he would be more involved all the time, or a, or a three technique, he would be more involved, and he's not. So, uh, I'm kind of a defender of Rashawn. I think he's doing a good job, and he's a big part of anchoring that defensive line that's one of the best in the country. And I'd hate to ever see a time when Michigan had to do without him this season because uh, he's a contributor. The other comment I have is Devin Bush. He's not a very big guy. When you when you enter the room and talk to him, he's not a, a very big guy. But, boy, does he have a motor. And he is not afraid. He put a lick on somebody... 
that he shouldn't, that you wouldn't even have thought he was going to hit. He went out of his way to hit this guy, and then he continued on his mission after the runner. But he knocked this guy backwards up in the air and right onto the back of his lap, three yards back, just by giving an uplift in the hands and hitting him on the shoulder pads, putting a little bit of oomph in it. The guy went down. It was a great play. I was happy to see it. Well, and that's the thing. It's really hard. Okay, when the defense is this good, it's hard for me to to give a lot of credence to somebody to the criticism of Rashawn Gary. First of all, if he was if he wasn't playing well, if he was taking plays off, you know, I think that they wouldn't have him out there. They would rotate him out more. So you know they wouldn't have him there. Again, I just I, I think you're you know you're talking about the number one defense in the country, and again you're kind of you're nitpicking. Um, and again, if all those things are true, if the criticisms are true, you can be assured that Michigan State and Penn State, you know, the next couple of opponents coming up, will take advantage of it and we'll see. Um, so, so again, I, I, you know, again, the number one defense, okay, yeah, it has problems, whatever. <laughs> um, I'm, not, I'm not seeing it right now. <laughs> I don't see it either. This is a great defense. And the kids, the kids seem to like each other, and they play together as a unit, and they don't give up. They haven't allowed a touchdown in the fourth quarter this year. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.